Soul Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Michelle Vaughn, aka Dr. MV, aka one of God's redeemed daughters. This particular podcast episode, I'm so excited, guys. Listen, we have a wonderful guest with us today. She's coming from Los Angeles, California. She is an amazing book author. She is a coach. She is a speaker. And most importantly, guys, she's a woman of God. She is going to share on the topic of suicide and depression. Listen, I don't know about you, uh, but we all experience some some level of depression in this in this journey called life. And um, I'm excited to sh- for her to share her story with us. I'm excited to learn as much as I can and just engage in a rich conversation that would hopefully help somebody out there who's listening. So I don't know if you're in your car. I don't know if you're in the bed. I, I, I don't know where you are, <laughs> but if you're, if you're listening, listen. Listen, you're about to, you're, you're in for a treat. So without further ado, um, our guest, Stephanie Schelling, or she, I always mess up your last name. Is it Schelling or Sheeling? Listen, Stephanie is on the podcast with us. <laughs> Introducing Stephanie Schelling. Is it, is Shelling. it It's Schelling, just like it, it looks, it's Schelling. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be yes. on with you. Yes, <laughs> uh, thank you for accepting the the request. It's like, yeah, she accepted. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so Stephanie, this is actually a tough topic, mm-hmm. um, but I know that you are you've been through your own journey, um, and you've written your your story and you uh, in a couple of books. And the first book um, I would like to kind of highlight um, is your "Casting Your Pearls Before Swine" book. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Oh God. So, you know, and I was reading your, and I'm like, oh my God, we relate on so many levels, but oh, okay. Okay. This is her book. This is her story. So, so who is Stephanie Schelling? Tell the, the listeners, who are you? You know, what's, what's, what's a little bit about you? Um, well, I too am a redeemed daughter of the most high God. Hmm. I am a, uh, a woman first through and through <laughs> with all, all right. the good <laughs> and all the bad. Okay. And I think we have to remember that. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a mother. I am a friend, a sister. I am a servant. I am a a lover of people. Mm. And and just someone who is trying to do everything she can to be empty before I stand before God. And it is, it's almost like a video game trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, you get, you know, you lose lives and then you power up. Yes. Listen, I am Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> you know, and so I, I'm just, um, and, and I am still discovering who I am. Wow. I am still discovering who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, and I, and I, and I'm all right to say that at 55. No, that's, I love that. That's, that's humility talk. And I think yeah. if more of us can just, you know, allow humility to be a part of our lives. We'll, we'll have a better chance at growing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's get into it. Um, okay. Cast your pearls before swine. 
talk to tell what how <laughs> i mean it's so the title alone is just so rich um so what is this book all about well um first let me say that i never wanted to be an author mm. uh, no i i don't understand that i'm not a voracious reader i will read to research but i'm not a voracious reader i uh, think that it's amazing that people um have such an affinity for authors I didn't know that was a thing mm -hmm. and um this book started off as therapy for me to wow. write out my story was um heartbreaking it it was dark it was painful mm. um but I did it at the at the behest of a friend I didn't you know God gave me the title before I even knew I was going to write a book mm. and um and um began to just write mm -hmm. a lot of people want to know how do you get started you just write you just write right and um so I began to write my story uh it was very cathartic for me mm -hmm. uh, the, the healing was still very slow <laughs> and painful mm -hmm. uh many times I wanted to put the book down as a matter of fact I did put the book down after my first um book signing it was very successful Mm. Uh, my first book signing, I walked into a very well-known books, Christian bookstore in Los Angeles mm -hmm. and there were seats set up and people waiting. And I said, who are they waiting for? And they said, you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. I, really, I had no idea. And as the young lady was interviewing me, she was doing the Q&A mm -hmm. and I'm answering the questions and the Holy Spirit said, you are you are a fraud. Ooh, what? Wow. Yes, because you're answering questions and people are looking at you like they're looking for answers and you know you jacked up and you know you're not living this thing. And I knew it. And, um, and it was very successful. I sold a lot of books that day. Wow. And I put the rest of the books in a box and put them in the garage and I did nothing. Mm. nothing with this book for seven or eight years because I could not in good conscience and I don't know how people do it and they do it and that's this between them and God mm -hmm. but I can't get up in front of people and talk about something with conviction mm -hmm. when I'm still in the dark wow I, I can't I couldn't do it mm -hmm. I could not do it um so I just sat with the book mm-hmm yeah so but 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 the book the contents is, is good because it was doing really good in hair salons and mm -hmm. you know it, it was doing really well and I said because mm -mm. I was you know I'm not trying to get rich that wasn't my thing I'm sick I'm broken right I mean but the the title alone casting your pearls before swine let me read on page seven if you don't mind just a snippet sure um, because you're talking about your childhood you're talking uh -huh. about you know, your, your parents, you're talking about you being the youngest. And so this, this is what stuck out to me on page seven. You said at 14, I had so many responsibilities, many more than an average teenager. I came home and did whatever needed to be done. Then I did my homework and went to bed. You said I was a loner. I didn't have many friends. I highlighted this because the topic is suicide and depression. And I, I, I want to know, did depression, is this the age where the seed of depression began to creep in or settle itself in your soul? Like, 
how did how did you let's build up to where you were in your dark space where you were battling with depression and attempted suicide well I want to say that I probably was depressed most of my life to be honest if I'm if I'm honest I just didn't know what it was I didn't know what it was called and I didn't know the uh, dynamics of it but I was overweight as a child um, the nurses put in school would put me on diet pills. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. of a dark complexion, which was not the thing. And so I think as a child, I was just trying to cope. I had six years between me and my brother, 11 years between me and my sister. So for the most part, I felt like an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, but during this time, as um, in, in the book, my mother um, had passed away and I was doing what I was told to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I didn't know. I need. I know that my dad sat me down. He said, "You're about to get a crash course in growing up one on one, and I'm going to need your help." And I didn't know what that meant, so mm-hmm. I just did whatever I needed to do to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I did not know that I had um, a childhood or that there were things that I was supposed to be doing that was age appropriate. I just knew that. He worked, Mm -hmm. he had to eat, Mm -hmm. I had to cook, Mm -hmm. I had to clean. And that that was my life while my friends were going to dances and parties and Mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know that I could even, I didn't know I had choices. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know I had choices. Yeah. Wow, that that's heavy. And that's a lot to take on in your pre-adolescent years and just to the maturation of who you are as a young lady. And then Mm -hmm. you mentioned the nurse at school um, offered you diet pills, what that does to the psyche of a young lady, right? Right. It's like, wow, so you're saying without saying, I don't measure up or I'm not beautiful just as who I am. And a lot of young ladies today with social media, they compare themselves on Instagram to the, you know, the the curvaceous models and they look Mm -hmm. at say, okay, well, this is my reality. Who's really going to pay me attention? Boom. There you go. The seat of depression, the seat, you know, the right. all begins to set in. Wow. Um, okay. Let's keep building on to this story. So you also mentioned in the book, um, and I know a lot of women out here who are listening can relate to your story. I know I, I can. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that that then led into your, I guess, relationships with men. Now, are they the pigs? <laughs> the <story? laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get in. Connect your title to what's happening. <laughs> you know the 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 relationship with men was all about attention. Um, I mean, here I am, a 14 year old girl who has a, a a larger body size than most 14 year old girls do. Mm-hmm. Um, I appear to be more mature than a 14 year old. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I was really looking for was somebody to pay me some attention. Now, I did not know this at the time, mm-hmm. but, you know, I just figure if we're made in God's image and he loves us to praise him and he loves us to worship him, then it would stand to reason that we like a little attention. Mm-hmm. And so I would garner attention from men that were older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I did not think that it was anything wrong. I liked the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would be something 
it would be one thing to me as a 14 year old in my head, an entirely different thing to him. Of course. And yeah. And so I was, yeah, I was very, um, you know, much 14. Mm -hmm. And um, so the pigs are really anyone who is able to take advantage of someone that they know they're taking advantage of. Yeah. Um, really that's that's who the pigs are <laughs> pigs okay are. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify <laughs> yes and the men too but you know okay. when you don't know who you are yeah and and I believe that that is a lesson that we should instill in our children at a very early age mm-hmm. you're never too young to be um fortified and built up in 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 your confidence of who you are and what you're able to do and who God says you are Uh, When you don't know, you are a soft target for people. Mm. Let me, okay, that's, oh, that's good. Um, So let's go back here because I'm trying to connect something. I want to know, you mentioned that you you actually liked the attention that the older men were giving you at that Mm -hmm. time. But you also mentioned that your dad, um, he said, listen, you're going to, this is your crash, you know, just crash lesson. You're going to have to Mm -hmm. do things. Do you think, I mean, did you ever receive um, validation of who you were as a young lady from your dad um, that, and if you didn't, do you think that was one of the reasons why you embraced the attention from older men in that way? I think that I received validation as best as he knew how to give it. My father um, would always tell me that I was a pretty little old black girl. Uh, he, he, um, you know, but he wasn't the most tactful person. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he just, he, he just wasn't the most tactful person, okay. you know? And as I, as I got older, I realized he just, who was, who he, people can't give you what they don't have. Absolutely. And, 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 um, you know, we go through being angry with our parents and, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not like this or they didn't give us that. But our parents, you know, if they were good, you know, they were as good as they could be. I mean, yeah. what do you want? And yeah. you really don't learn that until you become a parent yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, but my father was my protector. Mm-hmm. He was my provider. Um, he just was a very harsh man. He just, he just was. He, he was fun and he was funny, yeah. but he did have a harshness to him. And um, so... I did. I, I just think that I was looking for attention because my mother was gone. Yeah, I really think that's really what it was. My mom was gone. Um, I was entering into a different uh, time, and you know, the the teenage years. I didn't really have the guidance that I would need from a woman. Mm-hmm. I had people more so telling me what I was and was not going to do, mm-hmm. as as opposed to just loving me and you know being soft with me um so if I'm if I got somebody's ear that's listening to me and acting like they care that's Mm -hmm. what that's what the enemy does you know he he acts like he He does (laughs) and you know and so you know you you so caught up with the you know what you think is care and concern that by the time you in it you 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 know you, you like that that spider and the fly yeah. you know you you in it so 
You yeah, and you're gone. You need Jesus and all the angels. Need- I, I needed the angels. Okay, <laughs> out of the way of. Um, okay, so so that makes so much sense because I know a lot of us can relate to that. Um, when you're kind of like you know you're because you, again you were 14, you're mm-hmm. in the middle between um young adulthood and it's it's a lot going on with us as ladies and mm-hmm. we have your mom um there to guide you and that's avoiding your soul and you know you you have these um absolute things you're that's required of you from your Mm -hmm. dad but then you have these unspoken things that you know and so while you're navigating um on your own trying to figure out who you are as a young lady and um and find yourself engaging in conversations with with older men um so let's talk about this then um as you so when you publish this book i see that it was published in 2003 you launched a successful um uh, what did you say a a book writing or book signing book signing Mm -hmm. everybody was there it was popping you just said who Mm -hmm. who are you here for you okay (laughs) i didn't get the memo that you know so so but then the holy spirit spoke to you and said you phony you fake you're a fraud (laughs) and you and, and it was successful but then after that event because and i love this part to me i do you you packed up your books put them in the garage you was not about to play god like that Okay. And, and, and that's a heart that that's those are heartstrings to me that are rare to find between a believer and and someone who's just a churchgoer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A person who's saying, "God, I respect you so much. You are holy. You are righteous. Who am I? You know what I mean? Yes. And you totally heal me. I mean, I'm a high right on over here. In this right so but but so you did that but then in 2017 you you put your author hat back on and you would you would publish a second book called afraid to live confessions of a believer who didn't trust god that was a gap talk about how like what happened what what the holy spirit say to you (laughs) well i wasn't planning on writing that book either (laughs) but (laughs) but I had to so I became a 911 operator for LAPD love the job love helping the people love getting the bad guys love I think the, the the highlight of my of my job was when I would get a suicidal caller and I would be able to help them I would be able to at least get the police to them because sometimes you can't Sometimes people call the 911 for a cry for help. Sometimes people want a dramatic effect to the end of their death. And so um, I was very good at connecting with them. And I had to ask myself, why? (laughs) Why? Well, how come I could talk to them like I know what they're dealing with? Well, because because you are on the ledge, sis. You're on the ledge. And I didn't realize it. And so um, after about 15 years there, I um, pretty much after uh, I took care of one of the mothers of the church, Mm -hmm. I was working uh, the graveyard shift. Mm. My brother, who was a renal patient, convalesced with me for about a year Mm. in my home. I um, and if, if you know anything about being a caregiver, 
when I was a caregiver for my mother, when she was sick, I went to, I was taking some college classes and I wanted to write a paper on it and went downtown to the library, downtown Los Angeles. There were no books in 1979, 1980. There were no books on caregiving. There was nothing. My professor had to give me an A because he said he didn't, I just, there's nothing on it. Wow. And so being a caregiver is, is a lot um, to, that, to say the least, but I had a breakdown. I went into work one day and I, the, the thought of plugging in and helping another person think their way out of a paper bag had me hearing voices. Wow. People were talking to me, their voices were distorted. The laughter I was hearing in the room was maniacal. And I, I said, I just looked at my supervisor. I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I just start crying and I left. Mm. And, 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 you know, people, I guess they saw me, my phone was blowing up. I, I just couldn't talk to anybody, mm. but I knew then I said, God, you're going to have to help me because I'm out of here. Mm. They, they, one day I'm not going to come to work. They going to knock on my door and, and, and have to break in and find me. Cause I knew I was not going to make it. And so God said, okay, uh, take, take a year take some time off. So I took some time off. I took a few months off. Mm -hmm. And in that time, he gave me a plan. And he um, told me, he said, in a, in a year, you, you can go. Now, I didn't know what that looked like, but it gave me some breathing room. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need to know going to work that you can breathe, that mm -hmm. you can, you know, you can look around and say, okay, this is not going to be my forever. And so um, eventually I, I walked in one day, I gave him my keys and my headset. And, um, and I said, I'm going to go minister. I, I didn't know what the, any of it looked like. I had no idea how it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But when you have one foot in the grave, mm. um, and, and you, and you know, God, you say, you know, him. Mm -hmm. um, it, at least you know him enough to give him an opportunity to prove himself to you. Some people don't, Mm -hmm. Don't give him that much. And so I said, God, if, if, if you love me, if you care for me, anything, mm -hmm. then you, you're going to have to get me out of this. You're going to have to pull me out because I don't know how to do it. And after that, there was a series of things. He told me to quit the job. He told me to sell my house, mm. everything, even everything, the way I sold the house, the way it happened, it was just, it was nothing but God. Wow. And everybody thought I was crazy and I had no time to care. Because it was my life. My life was on the line. And what I know mm -hmm. about people is that people will have no problem crying over your casket, mm -hmm. but they will not come and have a conversation with you to really see how you're doing. Wow. That's so because it cost you something. It cost me something to walk alongside you and really empathize and engage with your pain. And I got enough stuff going on. I don't need, you know, so I'm going to ask you how you doing over here, but I don't really mean that. I don't, I don't really care. But then when I'm laying in that box, you wow. got a whole lot to say and I can't hear none, none of it, nor can I respond to it. Wow. wow. So how is that helping me? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so the Holy Spirit had showed, had to show me, I have to be important to me. Wow. Not, not to people. I have to be, I have a, he gave me a life to live mm -hmm. and I am responsible for living that life or throwing it away. What are you going to do? You say, you know me, 
Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And so I had some choices to make. And so um, I was on a quest to find out what faith looked like for me. Mm. That was my question because a lot of people, I saw a lot of people didn't love God and they was living life beautifully. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully. I mean, w- one of my coworkers tried to sit me down and, and, and convince me he grew up in a family. They all had biblical names and he was mad at God and he tried to convince me that, you know, the Bible was obsolete and you are God and da, 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 da. And after he had his whole spiel and I told him, I said, I understand your issue. I said, but you could, there's nothing you could ever say Come on. that could make me turn against the God that I know and love. And he just, he just, he just turned bright red. You know, he, 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 he I guess he assumed because I let him talk, he had me, but, uh, <laughs> but wow. I, and so I was out on a quest um, sold my house, quit my job, uh, loaded up my car with whatever I had. And um, one morning, about 3.30 in the morning, I said, God, I, I, wh- where do you want me to go? It was about six months. I had still been in LA. And I'm like, okay, where do you want me to go? And I had a friend in North Carolina and she um, had a huge house. And she said, I could come and stay there with her. And he said, well, do you think I can take care of you? Do, I mean, I can't do it. You don't think so? And so I said, okay. I said, well, find me somewhere to live with no job because I didn't have no job. Wow. And I filled out the, the application online. I said, I don't want to live in no tenement, no 400 unit tenement. I want a nice place. And I picked a nice place. And when it came to the employment, it kicked me out of the system because I didn't have any employment mm-hmm. and told me to call the office the next morning. I called the office the next morning. I said, hi, this is, I was online. Uh, filling out an application. She said, is this Stephanie? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, okay, well, we're going over your application. We'll call you back in 30 minutes. They called me back. She said, okay, well, what are you doing for employment? I said, I don't have a job. I said, I'm going to tell you like he told me to tell you. He's sending me there. I said, I don't know why. I know this sounds crazy to you, but this is just my life right now. So she laughed and she said, okay. She said, well, send me your banking information. I sent the banking information. She called me back. She said, we'll hold the place for you. Mm. When are you? <laughs> wow. If that isn't God, I don't know who, who it is. I said, huh? What? You hold the place. She was like, yeah, when you come in. So we, yeah, I said, okay. I was gone the next week. Wow. People were so angry with me that they would not talk to me. Yes. And um, yeah, they were like, I'm talking about friends, 30 year friendships. Mm. They were, they were not happy. Um, but I just couldn't understand why they just never could come and talk to me and find out what was going on. They never did that. See, see, never did that. Wow. And so that was fine. And, and when I got on the road, um, by myself driving across country, not one time did I ever think of a Sandra Bland incident Mm. or, um, I mean, not one time I just, I just, it was the freest I ever felt in my life. And whatever happened to me, I said, you, you, you got me, whatever happened, you got me. Yeah. And so got to North Carolina in three days, got into the apartment and stopped and said, what have I done? And boo-hoo cried myself to sleep. Um, You were literally taking God for, you were just moving forward by faith. I mean, that was it. That, that, let's, let's, um, 
Ooh, that's a lot. Um, and, and it's so good because your story is amazing. Um, because suicide and depression, so many people, and I was doing some research, they, they face this particular spirit that, that comes to haunt them and mm -hmm. their lives. Um, I think the stats in 2019 was 1.3 million attempts. People mm -hmm. attempted to take their lives, but 47,000 people actually took their own lives um, mm -hmm. suicide, and it's the 10th leading cause of death. It's, it's so sad. And I want to know, because this podcast is about sharing the bread, which is the word of the Lord, to inspire people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not religious. I'm all about, for me, I'm about relationship with Jesus Christ, which you mentioned freedom. I believe in the relationships, he, he allows us that freedom just to be mm -hmm. up. We don't have to be perfect. I don't have to go to God and put on. No, God, I'm messed up. Uh, hey, how you doing? Can you help me? Right, <laughs> I mean, right. Um, so, so what do you, this is my question to you. With everything you've gone through, how do Christians today, Stephanie, become more sensitive to hurting people? Like, what does that look like? What does it sound like? Well, um, I think anyone who is a learner and follower of Jesus Christ, if that is what they're truly doing, mm -hmm. then they should be coming more like him, right? They should be, their mind should be transforming according to the word. Their hearts should be converted. Um, they should be concerned about the heart and the mind of God and how he thinks. And in my, in my humble opinion, if you are doing that, mm -hmm. there is no way you cannot be sensitive to hurting people. Mm. If you are doing that, you should be able to see yourself and be honest with yourself and know that if it were not for the blood of Jesus, mm. you too, would be lost. You too have been lost and have been found. Yeah. And so I can't, I don't know how someone who says they have a relationship, who professes Christ, cannot see other people hurting. I'm not talking about people who have, you know, you're having a day. We all have a day. We all have right. our moments. Right. But I'm talking about these people who are these so-called Christians who we, we run into who have got to be some of the most evil folk. <laughs> I'm talking about them people. Yeah. Oh. You know, a Christian and a, and a, and a, and a, 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 a follower of Christ to me are two different people. That's a whole nother show. But yeah. <laughs> if you are learning and following the way, mm -hmm. the way, yeah, I cannot see how the Holy Spirit has not put in you the ability to be able to see people that are, that are hurting. So if it, it, that's just how I how I sum it up. Yeah, being sensitive to other people, it you only can do that like you just mentioned, being closer to God. Because mm -hmm. Jesus, when you look at the scriptures, I don't see how people, unless they're blind, I don't see he was compassionate. He right. was so kind. <laughs> I mean, the yes. way he handled, yeah, he had different temperaments, but 
ultimately the way he handled mankind he was yes. just the woman at the well you know the woman who yes was, you know naked having a, you know whatever he was so he was so gentle and I just don't get snapping turtle Christians I don't get German shepherds who call themselves shepherds of the Lord <laughs> but Dr. MV if you notice with the woman at the well he made sure his his disciples wasn't even around Yes, it was a private conversation. It had to be because they would have tripped. They would have been tripping about the law. And that's what people do today, don't you think? You come yes. into church. Yes. I mean, the new pants are sag and he smells. Yes. He came though. There was yes. a reason why that young man came. Look at him. Yes. We're going to put him yes. in a pen. No, put him yes. in a pen. <laughs> yep. yep. So, wow. But okay. that's about their comfortability. They're not comfortable. And so you have to ask yourself because you know how raggedy you are. Come on now. Yes, I know. I know. And I we don't. all know how, how raggedy we are. And if we're, mm -hmm. if we're honest, mm -hmm. we would, that would bring compassion. That would bring empathy for somebody else. Yes. Yes. This is my other question to you as we, as we come to towards the wrap up of this, because this is mm -hmm. so good. Um, what, what motivates Stephanie, despite everything you've gone through, this is a, a, a journey mm -hmm. motivates you today to live your best life despite hardships? Um, yeah, because I still go through. And what makes what motivates me is the little things. Uh, what motivates me is having toilet paper. Wow. And having paper towels and going to the gas pump, even though gas is high as a kite and still being able to put gas in my car and knowing that it is nothing but my father. Yeah. who is taking care of me. Mm -hmm. I have never, I am living by faith. It is unconventional. Yeah. It is non-traditional, mm -hmm. but, and I might not have the things mm -hmm. yet, mm -hmm. but I have a peace mm -hmm. that money cannot buy. Come on. I have a roof over my head. I have clothes on my back. I have friends that love me. Yes. I have family that loves me. So the things that are, you know, that, that we take for granted that there's somebody right now in this free world who would love to have. Yes. You yeah. know, I, I, am, I am motivated by the fact that God is not through with me yet. Oh. I'm motivated by the fact that he is giving me gifts and talents that I have yet to use and I must use them because mm -hmm. I want to be empty before him um, when I stand before him. So I'm motivated by life. Life is a gift. Yes. And I, I understand, don't nobody understand like I understand. Well, I can't say don't nobody understand, but I understand yeah, yeah. how it's dark, the voices, and they will tell you to leave this place. But if you just stay, Come on. And my motto is fight for your righteous mind. Mm. I promise you that on the other side of whatever situation that is, and they will, there will be more, but mm -hmm. on the other side of that is joy. On the other side of that are people that you have yet to meet on the other side of, and if you die, if you take your life, you won't get to experience those things. Wow. Wow. So I just, I implore people stay in the game, talk to mm. somebody. You know, but yeah. fight for your, your life is worth it. It's worth it. Wow. 
Wow. Well, you definitely sound like a rich woman to me. Um, the scripture that comes to mind is godliness with contentment is great gain. Great gain. And the, what you just described is so rare today because it seems like everyone is just chasing after money and yeah. that the pursuit of money is going to bring upon happiness. But that's the opposite. Jesus is no, um, it's hard to get into heaven when you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> Distraction, you, you're, you know, either you're going to love the pursuit of money and you're going to despise me me or you're going to it's going to be the opposite and right. I don't know how God has brought you to a place in your journey in life through um, your dark seasons and faith in it and just you know taking it one day at a time as you mature you know mm -hmm. that you're saying hey I love the fact that I can fill my tank up I love yeah. that I wake up and I'm not sleeping in a tent, but I have a roof over and I'm saying I love the fact that I actually have a car, <laughs> you know, yes. I'm, on public I'm not taking public transportation. What yes. you're identifying is the, the, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living concerning you and yes. his love towards you. And you never would have known this had you taken your own life. You know what I'm saying? And yes. I think that so many of our listeners are going to be able to resonate with your voice and just your a little bit of what you just shared I know we can't yeah we can go on for days but <laughs> this is a, a little moment in life <laughs> right podcast. right um so as we as we close do you have what is your because this is bread for the soul um what is your favorite scripture what's your favorite piece of bread in the word of God that you like to chew on that encourages your soul my favorite scripture um, that literally saved me, Second uh, Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Mm. And um, the, the NIV version says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. Mm. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We diminish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ mm -hmm. and everything with depression and suicide starts in the mind that's what is the control center and that's what the enemy wants control of wow. but his word says that anything that exalts itself higher than God's word mm -hmm. is a lie it's a lie yeah it's not true and what you do is you take God's word you bring those thoughts into under control and you put God's word against it and above it and it will suck it up because mm -hmm. God's word I guarantee you whatever those voices are telling you God's word says the exact opposite find mm -hmm. it in the word mm -hmm. and fight for your righteous mind Ooh, listen you sound like a soldier hey. <laughs> <laughs> mount up let's go are right. we in a war we're we a are war. definitely in a war for our souls and, and to yes. we're living to live again um yes the reality so Miss Stephanie, I am so honored to have had you on this particular show. Um, how can people who are listening right now, um, your books, Casting Your Pearls Before Swine, and your other book, Afraid to Live, Confessions of a Believer Who Didn't Trust God, tell people um, where they can order your book. And then if you can provide your social media handles so they can follow you. Sure. So um, the book is available on Amazon. Both books are um, digital and um, the physical book. Um, I do also have a website, stephanieshelling.com. You can go there and see all things Stephanie Schelling. 
And I have a Facebook page, which is Stephanie Schelling as well, as well as um, Afraid, um, I'm sorry, Alive to Tell It um, is my uh, other Facebook page, Alive, the number two, Mm -hmm. um, Tell It uh, on Facebook. And um, Instagram is Black Pearls, B-L-K-P-E-A-R-L-888. Mm, okay. <laughs> eight, eight, eight. I'm glad it's not six. Eight, no. eight. New eight, beginning, eight. New beginning, new beginning. Okay. Yes. Well, you know what? This has been um, an amazing conversation. Um, thank you so much for joining me on Bread for the Soul podcast. I know that many of our listeners are going to just eat your eat your testimony up. <laughs> They're just going to put it on replay. I love it. Um, I actually love you. And you are, <laughs> what people don't know is that, and I'll share this because I think it's necessary. Um, and tw- I think it was 2016 or 17 when you and I initially connected on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, no, I know that I friend requested you. Um, and then you accepted, yay. And <laughs> then after that, um, we just connected. I, you know, we just connected. And then we, from our first actual phone call conversation it was up it was an instant yes. connection I said Lord where did she come from um <laughs> I, it, was, it was just instant but then God used you that was one of the dark seasons in my life and God mm. used you to bring me up out of that that mental pit that I had found myself in and it was just such an amazing so here we are um wow. you know a couple of years later and God is still um he's still ordering our steps so wow. um, you are truly a woman of God and you are uh, my sister in Christ and I just I think you're an amazing woman and so God has so much in store for you um and be content with where you are um I think it's some of that too look at me trying to continue this thing on let me stop um The fact that you, godliness with contentment is great gain and you're happy with where you are. It's like, okay, you passed this test. Let's move forward. Let me bless you with more, yeah. you know? So anyway, okay. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank for you for having me. <laughs> yes. And I look forward to continuing um, to learn more about what, you, what you're going to be doing and some of the books that you don't even know you're going to publish again. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah following your journey and your story until next time my beautiful my beautiful friend um you take care and god bless you you too bye-bye bye all right guys so there you have it listen wasn't she amazing um her story is i know so many women across the world can relate to her story um please again um her social media handles i'm gonna put actually on the podcast so you'll be able to download them you can go on amazon and you can order her books casting your pearls before swine and also afraid to live confessions of a believer who didn't trust god listen i'm your host dr michelle vaughn aka dr mv I thank you so much for listening and tuning into this particular episode. Please share it with somebody who may be going through a depression or um, we don't want them to commit suicide. We want to intervene right away. Be someone's 911 and share the podcast um, because Stephanie Shelling, her story is amazing. This may be what they need, right? So again, thank you. Until next time, beautiful people. God bless you. Peace. Peace.